Hi, welcome to the Talking Michigan Transportation Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Cranson. This week, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg announced in Michigan that $368 million in rail infrastructure and safety grants would flow to 46 projects in 32 states. About $30 million is flowing to Michigan. The grants include $21.3 million for a proposed project to rehabilitate track and rail assets operated by the Great Lakes Central Railroad just north of Ann Arbor. And the second grant is about $9 million for the West Michigan Railroad Company to pay for infrastructure improvements on roughly 10 miles of track in southwest Michigan. And meanwhile, there are some other exciting things going on with passenger rail service in Michigan. So here today to talk about all this and what we can expect in the future is Peter Annister, who is the director of the Office of Rail at MDOT. Peter, thank you for taking time to do this. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. It's great. Great to be here. So start first, I guess, with with these grants and, you know, what, what they mean on these uh, these these freight lines. Yeah, we're we're absolutely excited to be uh, to be notified that we are awarded these two grants here in Michigan. One of them was uh, is a partnership between um, MDOT and one of our uh, freight operators on some of the uh, lines that the state of Michigan owns. And it's it's really going to have a big impact. It's about a, a $42 million investment overall. Um, and to your point, it's it's really going to be a benefit to our to our companies here in Michigan and, and how we efficiently move freight. The work is mostly happening in uh, in an area kind of between Ann Arbor, Michigan and Owasso. And it's just going to make some significant improvements on that infrastructure, um, looking at a uh, new rail, um, some new ties. Um, it's going to rehabilitate or replace um, 11 bridges and culverts on that line. And what those investments do is really help to make that line run more efficiently and trains can operate at higher speeds. And um, really, that's all a benefit to our to the whole freight network, uh, but especially the companies that directly utilize that that rail um, to really connect to the larger US network. Um, so that is something that's that's really exciting for us here at MDOT. Um, it's, uh, you know, we're excited. It's, uh, you know, a $21 million investment by the federal government. Um, so to be able to leverage that kind of money uh, here in Michigan to to assist our our companies and our our railroads, that's that's really uh, great for us. Can you um, explain this, that that ownership arrangement? Uh, you know, with with the track, how it is that the the state owns it, and what the relationship is with those rail companies? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the state owns about 635 miles of track here in Michigan, and some of that's. Uh, um, freight related and uh, some of it's uh, our Michigan line where we run our Amtrak passenger service. But a majority is is freight related. And what we have is basically four uh, operators that we have agreements with um, to basically operate freight railroads on those lines. Um, so Great Lakes Central is the, the railroad that operates on the line in which you receive the, uh, the federal grant funding. Um, and they are the operator on, I guess, the largest portion of our of our Michigan-owned rail, um, and a really good partner. And um, they are actually investing in this project as well. So not only 
Um, are we leveraging federal dollars? But you know, MDOT's putting up some match, and and Great Lakes Central is also providing some funds towards this project as well. Um, so it's really a great partnership, and uh, it's a way that those companies um, that are really uh, the operating railroads and do that best that um, they can do what they do and and use our lines to really serve the companies that uh, are located on those uh, those parts of the parts of the state. Yeah, so could you talk a little bit about what, what some of those companies do and what kinds of goods are being hauled? Yeah, absolutely. So um, that line in particular is a lot of, um, you know, aggregate materials and agriculture materials. You know, a great example of a project is uh, a company called Zeeland Farm Services up in Ithaca, Michigan. And uh, they basically uh, invested you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in a new uh, soybean processing plant here in Michigan a few years ago. And they are now uh, a direct customer of, of Great Lakes Central and are served by that, uh, by that railroad on, on Michigan-owned lines. And that uh, plant really uh, you know, processes a, a significant amount of Michigan soybeans and then uh, convert that into to products that are um, shipped out by rail um, and really go throughout the country. A lot of it goes to the Southeast United States. Um, so having this, this infrastructure and these investments, again, just, just make the, the logistics of moving items on rail even that much more efficient. Um, so that's one just great example of, of some of the companies that are served uh, on this rail line. Yeah, and they're uh, obviously a huge farm production company based in Zealand, obviously, with yeah. that big facility in Ithaca you talked about. And uh, MDOT has worked with them on some other things, including, you know, interchanges and, and road improvements, too. So that's a that's a really good example. You know, on top of what you're talking about with the, the support that your office administers for freight, you know, which is, is very important. It's kind of one of those things that, uh, you know, had its time um, and then somewhat dissipated, you know, with the advent and the growth of the trucking industry and the interstate system and superhighways. But in recent years, you know, freight rail has been kind of reinvented and rediscovered as as important to a lot of industries. But we're also heavily invested in in passenger rail. Um, and as as you know, when the federal stimulus came around uh, in the Obama administration. A lot of states uh, said they're not going to take that federal money for, you know, enhanced passenger speeds. Uh, Wisconsin said no. Ohio said no. Florida said no. But the Republican administration in Michigan said, heck, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll take that money. We think that's really important to economic development and getting faster service between Chicago and Detroit. And uh, it's got all kinds of bipartisan support. You know, it was a Republican who Obama appointed as his first director of of uh, the Department of Transportation, his first secretary, Ray LaHood, and he was a huge rail fan and he was in Michigan to make those announcements. So where do things stand with that uh, 110 mile per hour service? Yeah, we're really making some strides in uh, in fulfilling our uh, our goal for 110 service um, throughout uh, that Detroit Pontiac to Chicago corridor. In last May, so about a, a year ago, we initiated the first segment of um, speeds up to 110 on on the Michigan-owned service between um, Kalamazoo and Albion, and again that was a big milestone. We're doing uh, completing some infrastructure work on other segments um, of that line, and 
I think we'll be fully up to 110 probably by 2024. And we should be adding another segment this year, uh, really between Albion and, and Jackson that will increase speeds uh, once we get some some testing completed that needs is a requirement before we can run at those speeds. But that's just you know one of those spaces where Michigan has been been a leader, uh, especially on the passenger rail side. And Michigan's the only state out of out of the Northeast corridor that runs at speeds up to 110 miles per hour. And it's, you know, if you've been on the train, Jeff, and it's, I mean, it's a pretty smooth ride. It's, it's pretty amazing, you know, how fast you can kind of move, you know, at those speeds, but still really have a comfortable ride. And I think it was important for us just, you know, from passenger rail and to be, you know, in that competitiveness of how do we offer, you know, this, you know, traveling public here in Michigan, you know, an alternative from from air, an alternative from having to get in their car and drive to to Detroit or Chicago, and having speeds and um, the investments we've made here in Michigan to to accomplish that is really going to be a, a benefit to all the passengers that that use rail and and I would really encourage people to to give it a shot and you know to take that experience and and see for themselves what what it's like to ride Amtrak nowadays at those speeds and with some of the other investments that we're making I think it's going to be a big big impact to to riders and the rider experience and you know I think they'll be very pleased with with that experience for sure well I can tell you that my friends in Grand Rapids and the Holland area are very eager for this to become you know part of the plan for the Pier Marquette as well because as it is now you can either do that or um, you know really just about save the time by driving to Kalamazoo and getting on the Wolverine there which I've done more than once so it's very exciting as this spreads across the state what do you what do you see as the as the future, I mean, you're making some uh, some purchases for for rail cars, which is kind of a cool thing, and will also enhance that experience. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we just um, in the past uh, couple weeks here, actually, we've just launched our new venture passenger rail cars in Michigan, and this again is another you know kind of innovative thing in the Midwest where we've partnered with uh, Wisconsin, Illinois, and West or uh, Missouri. Uh, to really purchase uh, new passenger rail car equipment that that Amtrak operates for us, and these new cars are uh, have been in the works for uh, several years here, and they're now starting to uh, to go into service. Um, they're on three lines throughout the Midwest and here in Michigan. They're operating on our you know Detroit to Chicago line. But really, you know, vast improvements um, over the cars that we had been using, which are about 40 years old, you know, much more, you know, bigger windows, you know, wider aisles in the cars, obviously more technology, you know, enhanced Wi-Fi. So just, you know, so many improvements that, that we can bring, you know, to the riders here in Michigan. And, and that's just one example of, you know, some of those investments that are being made to, to really improve and, and compete. And, and those cars will be deployed on on all our services here in Michigan. So the the Wolverine service, the Blue Water, and the Pierre Marquette. Um, it'll probably uh, really take us over the next year or so to to get those cars on all the the consist here in Michigan. But really, something that's really exciting for us, and again, should be a huge benefit for our for our riders here in Michigan. Will this include uh, you know more opportunities to take your bikes on the train? 
Yes, that's a great point. The uh, each each car is equipped with uh, with a bike rack now, so it's really easy to use system. You basically just you know hang your bike and you can take it with you to wherever you're traveling. Um, so that's a, a big enhancement. There's you know improved uh, you know luggage uh, space as well for customers. Um, so those are a couple of other big improvements on these new cars that we haven't had before. Yeah, I mean, my goodness, if you uh you know, go from anywhere in Michigan and end up in Chicago with your bike. There's all kinds of opportunities there. And and the same, you know, coming coming back this way, most of those cities that are on the line have some pretty cool trails and opportunities to to ride not far from those stations. So that's a Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, I think part of the rail vision is how do we, you know, connect with other modes of transportation, both, you know, through our stations and, and the whole rail network. Um, so biking, I'm a big biker, and I think that's a big component of of what we want to do is is make sure that you know people have those opportunities and you know feel comfortable, you know, you know intersecting different modes of transportation. That's a big part of I think what MDOT's trying to do here in the future. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Did you know that most work zone crashes are caused by inattentive motorists? It only takes a split second of distraction to dramatically change lives forever. The Michigan Department of Transportation reminds you to slow down, follow all signs, and pay attention when driving through work zones, because all employees deserve a safe place to work. Work zone safety. We're all in this together. Well, something else that has bipartisan support um, is uh, this concept of a of a passenger rail line between Traverse City and Ann Arbor. Um, Senator Wayne Schmidt of Traverse City is a huge fan, huge advocate. Um, he's working closely with uh, others there that want to see it happen. Um, it's always kind of a, you know, if you build it, they will come mentality, but it's also difficult to know for sure. I mean, it's been hard enough just to get a commuter rail line between Ann Arbor and Detroit. You know, I I, I don't want to put you on the spot too much here, but what's your your thought long-term about this? Yeah, I mean, I think there's so much discussion, Jeff, right now on what, you know, what opportunities there are in the future. And I think, you know, Michigan, we're looking at everything. So, you know, how do we how do we improve and expand our existing, you know, services that we run? Um, we'd like to add, you know, more frequencies to those lines. You know, there's been talk of, uh, you know, maybe, a, you know, extending some routes. Um, you know, I know Toronto is mentioned quite often as uh, maybe a new connection and um, even, you know, an Amtrak route that runs easterly. So maybe a Detroit to Cleveland or something like that. Um, you know, and Ann Arbor to Traverse City is part of those discussions as well as, you know, what what does the future hold and, you know, how do we, you know, best serve our customers here in Michigan? So, so yeah, Peter, on that uh, Traverse City to Ann Arbor concept, um, I, I think one of the the downsides or one of the things that skeptics cite is that when I get to Traverse City, you know, I didn't mean that as my final destination. I just mean the Traverse City area. And if I don't have a car, what am I going to do? And, you know, thanks to the, the great people, you know, Julie Clark is a friend of the department at Tart Trails and They've got an extensive and growing network of trails in Grand Traverse and Leelanau counties. So, you know, if you take your bike, you do have some opportunities. Um, but still, is that part of what you think, uh, you know, holds back some people from committing to this, that idea that I, I'm going to go from one or the other and, and not have a car when I get there? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really, you know, important consideration because we, you know, us Michiganders, you know, talk about up north, right? And and for a lot of us, that's that's way more than Traverse City. Um, and I think those are the things. Again, we talked about some of these linkages, right? How do we how do we link different transportation modes together? And I think that's a a question that really needs to be to be looked at. You know who you know who are we serving with with these rail lines? Who are the customers? Um, you know, Traverse City in and of itself is not you know a, a you know hugely populated area, right? Um, when you look at you know compared to Detroit or Grand Rapids or um, you know some of the other you know communities that you know are endpoints for rail service here in Michigan. Um, or even throughout the country. Um, so I think you know, looking at the you know who was, who's the ridership and and what do those riders need to you know to successfully and repeatedly you know kind of use that rail line and and have that experience. Um, so I think those are big questions to you know to think about. You know, I think another one is you know who's who's going to operate a service, right? Is it you know is it Amtrak? Is it a new you know, some sort of new authority, um, you know, who's really, you know, going to stand up and, and every year in and year out and, um, you know, really take the lead on on the operation. So, you know, there's definitely, uh, you know, questions that that need to be answered to to make any of these rail projects successful. Um, and that one's really no different. Um, so those are things we're really looking at closely right now and and working with our partners and stakeholders to to really determine, you know, what's feasible, what's sustainable, um, you know, how much funding do we have to come up to really make these projects a reality? Um, how do you sustain the operating cost of those over time? Um, you know, some of them is even who, you know, who's going to operate those lines, right? You know, well, maybe there's an opportunity to to really please, uh, you know, that uh, growing demographic of baseball combination rail, you know, fans like myself. So we could have an AL Central service, right? And we could go to Minneapolis, Chicago. Uh, yeah, Cleveland. Cleveland. That'd, be, that'd, yeah. that'd be tremendous. So I think we can uh, you can get to Chicago, Minneapolis, Kansas City. Now the uh, the Cleveland might be the new one we need to get to, um, added to the list, but. So I think, you know, I think it is thinking about the future and how we leverage um, these federal opportunities that are going to be in front of us for the next few years. And, you know, how do we continue to build that passenger rail service in Michigan and, you know, what that means as far, you know, with looking at existing routes and expanding those and, you know, extending or growing routes or, or a totally new route. You know, those are all decisions and opportunities that that are in front of us, and and we're going to have to kind of chart that course coming up here in the next few years. Everything in transportation requires a lot of patience, uh, nothing more than than rail. So that kind of brings me to my final point. Talk a little bit about your background. You've uh, you've been in this job for a couple of years, and you were obviously interested in it. You did other things in the economic development realm, but. Uh, you know, knowing that it was going to take patience and there were a lot of challenges, not knowing that there was going to be a pandemic. Uh, but, uh, you know, talk a little bit about what got you into this. Yeah, I think it's, you know, my background is, is really from an economic development standpoint, and I've been lucky enough to work um, with a lot of businesses and, you know, thinking about, you know, how they move freight, how they connect to the global economy. And I've also had opportunities to do 
you know, a lot of community development work and work with communities. And I think this, the rail position is just fascinating because you can really, you know, cover both of those, those areas. Um, and that was something that was important to me. Michigan, you know, really has some amazing infrastructure assets, you know, as far as our, our highway infrastructure and our rail infrastructure and our airports and our, you know, Great Lakes and, and the potential of those. Um, so we're, you know, really an amazingly unique state as far as our, our transportation assets. And I think the, you know, the one piece that, you know, we continue to need to work on is how do we, you know, how do we bring all those systems together and really create, you know, the most efficient and, and holistic system we can here in Michigan to, to serve our companies, to serve our, our citizens and, and transportation needs. So that's that's really what interested me in it. Um, you know, it's I think it's really a, a plus for me that I get to I get to think about the freight side and the passenger side. I know some of my my peers in other states are you know maybe more focused just on one one of those elements, but to have that opportunity to look at Michigan and these great assets that we have and how do we continue to make those things better is really what appealed to me. So it's exciting. I'm I'm still learning every day, Jeff, about about railroading and how it works and Amtrak and and kind of the uniqueness of of that entity and um you know even about MDOT and, and some of the things that we do with within the department. Uh, but the future's bright and, and exciting and I think uh rail's only going to become more important as as our population and economy continues to grow. And I think uh, being right in the middle of that's really been a great opportunity for me. Yeah, well said. I, th I think you're right about all those things. And I think uh, you've probably discovered that there are some pretty passionate people involved in the world of rail. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we hear from them every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Peter. This has uh, been enlightening. and. Uh, you know, a helpful conversation, your, your first visit to the podcast, but I'm, I'm sure you'll be back. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. And anytime you want to you wanna talk rail, um, I'm happy to do it. So look forward to more conversations in the future. All right. Thank you again for listening to this week's edition of the Talking Michigan Transportation Podcast. I would like to thank Randy Doubler and Corey Petey for engineering this week's podcast. To subscribe to show notes and more, go to Apple Podcasts and search for Talking Michigan Transportation.